so I just uh, re- read this card here. Huh? Oh, huh. These are the required points to express in your ad. Feel free to paraphrase and speak from your own experience. If you, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, how about that, (laughs) with no minimum listenership. (laughs) It's uh, everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and a mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. There, read your stupid card. Can I can I pull my pants up now? <laughs> Why, hello there, boys and girls. I'm here to talk to you today about Thompson Cigar Company. Whether you're new to cigars or a long-time aficionado like yours truly, Thompson Cigar Company has a solution to all your smoking needs. Since the day they were founded in 1915, they've always been devoted to delivering a massive selection of products, covering all price ranges and tastes. Even if your taste is in the crapper, and a fraction of what a comparable brand would cost. To ensure that your cigars are always fresh and full of flavor, Thompson Cigar Company operates out of the largest inventory humidor in the United States. That's right, all 48. They also have over 200 trained professionals on hand, ready to provide personal customer service, and are ready to answer any question you may have about cigars. And just because you listen to this podcast on Channel 4 and a half, I'm going to provide you with an offer that's going to save you money. If you click the link in the description of the show, you can purchase any cigars in their special cigar selection, and your entire order ships free. Or receive free shipping on any order over $99. Or save up to $73 when you purchase a five-pack of favorite cigars. Remember, shop Thompson Cigars to save money, and so I don't get thrown out on the street again. and girls, it's your old pal Pink Cosby once again. I guess you consider this your back-to-school special. <laughs> Gotta tell you, we've got all kinds of tricks up our sleeves lined up for you tonight. I must say, this could quite possibly be the best damn show you've ever heard in your life. So stick around, and we got all kinds of fun games lined up. See the entire earth turned into a huge time bomb. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Yeah, I'm not the enemy. I don't know who the enemy is. State your name.
Welcome back to the Happy Whore Coffee Break, you, you fantastic farties! Ho ho ho! Speaking of farts... Hey, don't look at me, slob saget. Only one of us around here has an anus. Well, I guess you have a point there, so let's move on from this slight embarrassment and get started with the first story of the night. You see it every day when you check your hair or brush your teeth in the morning, your reflection in the mirror. It's hard not to remember that old cliche where it feels like somebody is staring back at you, like you're being watched. But then again, sometimes life itself can feel a bit backwards. <clears throat> Whoa, what time is it? 7.03. Oh, it's my friend Tom. Wants to hang out sometime today, free whenever. Yeah, I can be there around 10. Ugh, time to go back to sleep. Ugh, 9.30. He texts me back. Cool, see you then. Now, where's that Adidas shirt? That one stinks the least. <laughs> Let me shoot Tom a text real quick before I go in the house. Can I come through the front? <laughs> I guess so, are you here? Yes. Oh, okay, come on in. It's weird, it seems like you forgot that I was coming over. Hey, what's going on? I don't know, you tell me, what's up? So, you, uh, asked me to come over. What's up? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I know. I was just messing with you. Okay, well, cool. So, any, uh, particular reason why I'm here, then? Hmm, not really, I guess. I just wanted to hang out, buddy. Nice, nice. Uh, so, do you want to watch a movie or something? Yes, if you want. You're the guest in my house. We will do what you want to do. Oh, that's... Different. I haven't seen that shirt before. It's Walt Disney, but it's all backwards. Oh, it's not an official shirt. The logo was reversed to avoid copyright infringement. It was cheap. Let's talk about something else, though. Have you decided on a feature film? Huh. <laughs> 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 okay, well, it's kind of weird. Do you want to... It's not weird at all. This is just how it was made and how I purchased it. Let's leave it alone. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's just, just kind of funny that it's just all reversed like that, it's all. Yes, mirrored, that's all. So, you, you want to watch a movie or what? Yes, you pick it out. I'm going to get some more cereal. Sit right here, buddy. I made room for you. Something just seems a little off today. I mean, he's acting normal enough. Something just isn't right with his face. That mole just beneath his right eye. I mean, I've seen it before, but shouldn't it be on the other side of his face? Am I imagining it? I must be. Moles don't move like that. I gotta be mistaken. And just enjoy this movie. I just can't quit looking at his face, though. 
couldn't be imagining it, that spot was on the other side. Family picture on his wall. Yeah, there it is, right below his left eye, where it's always been. Just forget about it. Just watch this movie. I can't stop thinking about it. Is this my friend? Has he been altered somehow? It's like somebody took him apart and put him back together and made a mistake somewhere. God, get over it. There he goes for more cereal. That's not too odd. He's always been able to put away at least four bowls of Captain Crunch. I just can't put my finger on what's making me so uncomfortable, though. He eats cereal the same way he always has. Wait. No, something's different. He's using his right hand. He should be using his left hand. He's always been left-handed. Why isn't he using his left hand? Something really is very strange about all this. What? No, nothing. I'm, I'm just, uh, I really gotta go to the bathroom. No, you can't. Don't use the bathroom. Stop. <sighs> Wait a minute. Who's on the floor in here? Tom. He's lying face up with the same Walt Disney shirt, but it's facing the right direction. And he's not moving. Open up. Open this door right now. Tom! I... Just as I was about to scream, I see myself in the mirror, breaking through. Lunging back at me. The last thing I see, the dark word Adidas on the shirt, but it's backwards. Ah, oh Eris, whoever told you how much I love the rain? Looking out on the morning rain, I used to feel so uninspired. Oh? And when I knew I had to face another day, Lord, it made me feel so tired. You can't get tired, you're a robot. Before the day I met you, life was so unkind, but you're the key to my peace of mind. Cause you make me feel, you make me feel, you make me feel like a natural woman. Eris! Why are you talking Aretha Franklin at me like that? I just miss her so much. I know. We all do. But we must press on. Life goes on. The best way i found to cope with my feelings? Read another creepypasta story. Too many sages and soothsayers to reference. Those thoughtful idiots have lambasted the youth with the wizardry of profundity. They had answers to the esoteric, of life, of death, of the end. Who are they? What do they really know of the darkness? Darknesses! What do they fancy as truth, or reality, or consciousness? They have only an inkling. Just a molecule of spittle resting in a lake of pointed conjecture. It's submiss to shit, is what I'm saying. What they know submisses to shit, because I've seen behind the curtain, and I know what awaits. On this very street, I reflect on all that came to subdue me in the night. All that came to crush my ambition in the darkness. darkness. So I scurry away from the dark at every chance, which is not easy when you have no home. Most people just want to relegate the less fortunate to the shadows anyway. There they can feign ignorance and avoid any responsibility for what is happening. 
my every thought is to dive into the light and be at peace with some semblance of myself. But even the light casts shadows. You see, I am fractured. I wanted to believe that life catered to me, that life launched its sails because of my breath, and that I was the tide that washed all good things to the shores of my world. Yet I'm nothing but the detritus that remains after the rush of waters recedes. The water is like the people that avert their gazes and cross the street to avoid me. The stiff, potent smell of unwashed skin and the occasional hint of cheap rum was summarily unwelcome in most any social setting. Many days the eyes and attitudes of people were much too much, and I would wander out alone, ironically in avoidance of them. I just wanted to wallow in my brokenness. As I walk, my coat swings about me, and I shiver. With anticipation. It's much too threadbare and thin to offer much warmth, but a beggar shouldn't be a chooser. That's the only thing that I could find. In my pack is an aluminum-lined blanket that would offer some comfort against this weather. I almost draw it out, but I decide to keep moving instead. The chill of that October night never faltered. The wind bore down like the swooping of a hundred hawks, and I was embittered. I fought hard not to be angry at my plight, but who's to blame? It's not my fault that I huddled in the shadows. It's not mine, but my father's. The fool decided it was best to torch our finances in the dregs of a gambling den. Ten years now I've been destitute in these streets. Ten years from age sixteen I've walked this road. Yes, I'm a twenty-six-year-old that sounds like an eighty-year-old. I know, I know. There's only the poor to feed the poor. Scraps and vegetable particulates swimming in hot swill that hardly touched the bottom of my belly before they're used to fuel my wretched form. Scraps for the scraper. The garbage bin diving lunatic known for wearing my face only wished to slip by unnoticed to go about his business. So that night I found shelter in an alleyway betwixt some old liquor store and a Vietnamese diner. It was dimly lit towards the entrance and black as pitch near the back. The lighting would have been better if not for the broken pole lamp there. The alley reeked of rotten milk and expired moldy bread. Old cheese and various liquids congealed in spots that I avoided, but I somehow felt the moisture creep into my pores. A duo of dumpsters lined the walls on either side of the alley, and I wasted no time looking for a piece of plastic or cardboard to sit on keep myself dry and less filthy. As luck would have it, one of the dumpsters was strictly for cardboard. The light was faint there, about twenty feet from the front, but it was enough. Providence had shone upon me, for it would be easy to construct a shelter from what was there. Though they had already been broken down and flattened, a box is a box. I placed two large ones flat on the ground, which adequately accommodated for my full length. I grabbed two more big ones that were so deep inside that I had to lean over the lip of the dumpster to reach them. To my dismay, though only a cardboard dumpster, it still smelled horrible. I unfolded them to the original shapes and 
having to overlap the flaps on one to close the end since I lacked tape. Then I put the closed end one against the back of the dumpster and on top of the previous two flattened boxes. I can write all this down for you if you're not keeping up with my home building technique. Once I finished, it was just one big long box. Go fucking figure. I'd be able to crawl in and sleep relatively undisturbed, wrapped in my blanket. The thought of it honestly made me happy, as I had very little to look forward to but a bit of rest in the solace of dreams. Oh, I'm not too worried about the wind. My weight should keep it down. But it is making it awful hard to sleep. Well, I can't get to sleep now. I do remember having that weird premonition before going to sleep. First it was a whispered hush wafting in the breeze. Like an icy wind caressed the nape of my neck. Caused me to break out in goosebumps. I shivered. My eyes widened in recognition of something faint or hardly remembered. My neck snapped around amazingly quick, only to be presented with a darkness at the end of the alley. I squinted reflexively, but I knew it was futile. There's nothing that could be seen in that blackness. Darknesses! I stood there still listening for something, someone, but only a wind brought an answer, brushing harshly against my coat. I knew the night would signal nothing but delusions and panic at this rate. Countless times I'd been in situations dire, more dangerous. My awareness was high due to being on the street, and it had not failed me yet. The danger was real. The fear had to be a lie. Be aware of the danger, but don't accept the fear. But something's off. Can't quite shake the feeling, despite my words of comfort to myself. Down the alley was a faint glow from the light of the entrance of the alley. I could also hear the occasional car pass. It's a lot less annoying than it would have seemed. Still, the darkness near the end of the alley was an eerily stark, vivid splotch of black ink that had volume heavy with some unknown mass. I'm Louis Anderson. Pull the blanket tighter, as if to ward off the subsequent chill, which proved useless was not one to figure in such fantastical thoughts, but I sure felt something out there. It's the same type of feeling one has when alone, sensing when another person has entered their space, without having to see them. It's like leaves rustling in the mind. I closed my eyes, forced my eyelids down until I could feel the muscles strain within my cheeks. Then I looked once more into that haunting dark, hoping, praying, my imagination would die for the evening. To my horror, something slid against the night, like a hand brushing behind a curtain. Suddenly, there was no light at all, and I choked down a gasp of surprise. The danger, but not the fear. I shut my eyes again is no different than if I had left them open. Simply a void. What I sense, what I feel, I can't deny it. Yes. Oh, my head on the apparently metallic cardboard box. That sound down at the end of the alley. I couldn't tell what it was, but it sounded close. The sound was closer. I stared into the void of the back alley and saw something rise against the night, glowing intermittently. It was a pulsing yellow halo that outlined the form, creeping upward until I could not see the top of it. 
Eventually it stopped rising and the glow remained, the luminal pitch rising and rippling like mist in the morning. Fear overcame curiosity at that moment, and I had no thought to recite my danger and fear mantra. I was overcome with fright, and so edged myself backwards against the dumpster. Oh, I could hear my breaths shaky and shallow within the box. I didn't know if I should just run or wait it out. I didn't even want to move. Suddenly, the end of the box caved in, as if a weight had been dropped on it, barely missing my feet. I jerked my legs back and sat up with them against my chest. I could see more of the thing in the alley, and it was widening steadily, growing like black clouds in a thunderstorm. I huddled against the back of the box. I felt frozen in place. The whispers soon became a howl of many voices. So many and so loud that I could feel them in my head. It was a horrible version of television static, and I placed my hands over my ears to block them out. I felt a tug on the box like it was being lifted. It was quickly torn from under me. I wailed like a banshee as I was dumped out onto the concrete like an unwanted Christmas present. I clambered to my feet, finding myself in the midst of this thing. It's eerie, whining, poking around my head. I tried to look at it, but the glow made it hard due to its hypnotic quality. The darkness swirled and shifted, the glowing mixing around like milk in a coffee. I staggered backward, no longer able to maintain my equilibrium. The ruined box slipped from beneath my feet and I was dumped onto the ground once more. The sky was no sky at that moment. In that moment I was no man. Baby! I was but a form lost, lacking focus and full of fear. A situation like this, as I reflect on it, can be hard to describe correctly because it's unlike anything I've ever imagined. So I'll try to describe it. You are caught in the grip of a cold steel vice, and it is crushing the sanity from you. It seeps out like blood, and you find it hard to grasp at reality. You find it hard to hold on to what you thought was real. You're being bludgeoned by something primal, ageless, merciless. Self. Inflating, dirigible, inflamed, crackling, leaking, and hissing. You will meet self. It sounded like it was going in and out of consciousness. Like it was gasping for air in a vacuum-sealed room, choking slowly and horribly. I could almost imagine some raw, dirty face with noticeably slack and unshaven jaw mouthing these words, but the void is faceless, nameless. Probably the avatar of my mind, projecting the disillusion of hope. The void bubbled like water, and its glowing accents washed over it in an elegant cascade of iridescence. Then it spoke again. You are ghost, true self, selfless, self-lost. The rolling void reversed and upended, turning over into itself. It was like watching storm clouds implode in a duotone kaleidoscope. It was magnificent and majestic, and if not for its ominous overtones, I would be enraptured. Instead, I turned to run, only to find myself facing the thing once again. Everywhere I turned, it was there. In all directions surrounding me, with tears in my eyes, I could only collapse to my knees and watch the thing in the alley hypnotize. Where are you, self? 
It asked with a voice like a dying bonfire. Your ghost. <coughs> Phantom. <coughs> Lost man. <coughs> I looked up awestruck. What do you mean? I, I don't understand. I knew it heard me. Nonetheless, it rolled like clouds roll, inverting and exploding in on itself rapidly. The speed seemed tremendous and grew blurry until I felt the rush of wind around me. Then when I was nearly overcome by the onslaught, it stopped, like someone hit pause on a game. And it slammed into me, engulfing me in cold black mist. Even as I collapsed, pummeled me into immobility, I heard the thing crying in that old broken warble. Self! Many visions came, but I dare not mention them. I couldn't possibly. Well, maybe. The terror that it sparked was incomprehensible. All nightmares. Somehow I knew them like they were forgotten pieces of my own puzzle. I did not know what they meant then. I did not know when I awoke. I was in the middle of that stinking alley, staring into the blue sky with the light of the sun warming my grimy face. I looked into the end of the alley and all I saw was a mirror. It was huge! <coughs> rectangular mirror, framed in charred wood and the size of a door. In that mirror I saw only myself, blurred and sadly haunting. For a long time I sat there staring into it, then I finally understood. All my life is all my fault. Myself is less because I am so much less than I could be. The thing in the alley was that which I can't face. The death of ambition. A cowardly soul. It was just my reflection. A lost man blaming the world for his fears. Projection. I wept. Not for pity, but for futility, because I had been told what would become of me, and there is no escape, only darkness. Walking away from that alley that day, I wanted to smash that mirror, to burn it, reduce it to microscopic particles, yet I knew that I couldn't, I wouldn't, I shouldn't. I, deep down, I knew it only existed when needed, and I was sure it would call to someone else in some other way. It would be there to project their ugliness and pure cinematic high-def magnificence. I want to leave you with something that will save you, so you don't have to run from yourself. Darknesses! So that it won't come looking for you in the night. Don't listen to people talk about fear as if they have conquered the world. They lie! For fear is real. It is dangerous. And when you are alone in the dark with nothing to comfort you but your thoughts, you might see that the fear is behind you! <laughs> Bringing it back! Well, it stopped raining finally, and now it's hot as hell! I could really go for some lemonade! What? Lemonade! No, I heard you. Why are you saying it like that? That's how the song goes. Never free! Lemonade! That's not what he's singing. Like at all. You know, you ladle me, I, I ladle you. You're a fucking moron. Well, nevertheless, I can still go for some lemonade, and you can go for another creepy pasta corona. <laughs> oh, come with me, my itty bitty titty babies. <laughs> Before I go into great detail, the worst nightmare I have ever been unfortunate enough to star in, I need to explain from where it stemmed. 
The roots of that horrible night are embedded in my mind, and to understand it, you must understand its origin. Mirrors are curious things. I've always maintained an odd sort of fascination with them, given their silent role in humanity's daily processes. They're one of the first things we see when we wake up, barely able to greet the world. And almost always, the last thing we look into before we take the plunge into darkness, known as sleep. They see us at our best. Get that promotion you've been waiting for, and I guarantee that you'll pass by a mirror, surprised at the happiness that is reflected back. They also see us at our worst. Lose a loved one, get your heart ripped from your chest by a cheating lover, you need only glance in this mirror to witness the hollows of your cheeks, your sunken red eyes to realize just how broken you really are. There is a near feeling of intimacy when you make eye contact with another person in a mirror. It is as if the window to the soul really exists, and you're looking right at it! Seven years of bad luck if one breaks. Never look into one while near candlelight. Superstitions abound, and yet they show us not who we pretend to be, but who we really are in the harsh light of day. It was all this in the idle musing that paved the road to hell for me that night. I stood before a mirror, as I had done countless times before, staring deeply into my own eyes. Mirror, mirror, on the wall, I joked smirking at how ridiculous I probably sounded, and happy that I was at that moment alone. It was when I glanced up that I realized my reflection wasn't smiling back. In fact, I had never seen myself look so ragged, so tortured. To please that cruel god known as curiosity, I leaned forward, meeting my eyes in a way I had never done before. And then my mirror self spoke, the surprise being mine alone. The voice was wretched, presenting as wet, violent gagging sounds, scratchy from what could have only been from years of misuse. It was as if my eardrums were being run through with barbed wire. My skin crawled, my stomach lurched. The only response my body could properly muster was the slight prickling of tears as I mourned involuntarily for this pitiful creature. I strained to hear what was being said, placing my ear against the glass. And then it began in spurts and gasps. I mean, you're too curious. You're getting too close. Back it up, Hoss. I pulled away, my eyebrows knitting together tightly in confusion. The look of desperation that I was met with was enough to force my ear to the glass once more. I'm on this side to save you, to keep you from walking through. You don't want to be on this side. Stay where you are. Curb your curiosity. Unless you're interested in a taste of this side. <laughs> Flames licking at your feet, blisters and sores on every inch of your body, the lashings that cause blood to flow and skin to peel. Is that what you want? What? What is this? No! I don't want any part of it. I backed up quickly my face, the face reflected back, contorted into a look of sheer terror enough to rip a scream right from my throat. And that's how I woke up. A scream lodged in my throat, a sheen of sweat covering my body. 
I kicked away the sheets and stood up a meager attempt to catch my breath and collect my bearings. A nightmare. That was all. A ridiculous nightmare brought on by idle musings. I walked robotically toward the bathroom and flicked on the light switch. My reflection was there. But it was without a doubt the real me. I chuckled nervously, ignoring the slight hitch, and leaned forward onto the sink. A nightmare, a series of dreams. It wasn't real. I hadn't made the entire thing up. Of that much I was sure. Until I heard the screams. Until I felt the flames. Until I watched my reflection leave the room. it up for season three episode six we are barely getting started with this season so hold on to your damn panties backwards was written by daniel z miller living the high life projection was written by marcel d ward and fear reflected was written by justine ward any relation I don't know and I don't care. I just thought I'd bring it up because they got the same last name. Just throwing it out there. Damn. I'd say you need a hobby, but look where the last one has taken us. Straight to hell. You can go straight to hell, and you, my flappy listeners, can go straight to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Check out Real Happy Horror. You can also contact me directly at happyhorrorcoffeebreak at gmail.com. You can also call the show. Pick up that phone and dial the number 918-928-5230. That's 918-WHAT-LADDO. <laughs> oh, and also go on to the interwebs and check out channel4and-a-half.com. You can see me, and you can see the rest of the fantastic funnies that have other funny funninesses. If you're calling this podcast a comedy, I'd hate to see you depressed. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always depressed. Enjoy your coffee break! You're not getting it, Sparky!